Uh, last full week of the fantasy zone. We do have one more week because week 17, those 16 winners of the Joan Evil Fantasy Showdown will show down next week for that grand prize. But this is the last full week of fantasy football before uh, we have the year end. And that's a private. you got to be one of the 16 weekly winners. So uh, we will uh, we'll have the fantasy zone coming up. Uh, as well, we got the Star Wars poll in the field. Rise of Skywalker tonight. When are you going? How hyped are you for Star Wars? Uh, you know, tonight would be a tough choice, Evo, because, yeah, you could go to, I mean, I would love to, if I was in town, uh, I would seriously consider it. But this is the only time that the Milwaukee Bucks are playing the L.A. Lakers this season in yep. Milwaukee. Uh, if you don't know, Western Conference teams and Eastern Conference teams, they only play twice. They play once on each team's home court. So L.A. will come to Milwaukee once. Uh, and Milwaukee will go to L.A. once, that's it. So, you know, do you want to, you know, for example, Star Wars, do you want to go on the premiere, uh, or do you want to see the one time LeBron comes to Milwaukee, or do you say, yeah, it's a cool game, but, you know, call me in April, or, you know, call me in June, hopefully, for the NBA Finals. Like, does this game uh, to you really matter that much, knowing that it's, you know, game 30 plus of 80 plus games you know i mean gosh if you were to give me a movie theater in one side of the of the street in the milwaukee bucks at the pfizer from the other side of the street what would i choose i bet you i would go bucks what would you rather watch bucks i would do bucks dude that's must see tv of three of the three of the greatest players in the world on the court at the same time when you got disney literally i don't want to say ruining the star wars franchise but changing it a little bit you know i'd rather see Maybe we should have done that as the poll. What would you rather go see? What would you rather watch tonight? We can put that up there too. I'll put it right now. What would you rather watch tonight? Bucks, Lakers, or Rise of Skywalker? Um, Um, Yeah, totally Bucks. Dude, I saw this real quick speaking of the NBA. So the Cavaliers, Dan Gilbert, he's an investor in something called Stock X in home and the away locker rooms. No, in the visitors' locker room. He's putting 55 inch screens in the players' and visitors' locker room so that they can purchase sneakers and watches from his site called Stock X. In the locker room, in their lockers, are giant TVs with right access to where you can buy sneakers and watches. I mean, it's it's you is know, that ingenious or just a d bag move? Uh, I mean, as a business owner, I'm I'm pro capitalism. I I say it's genius. You know, uh, those are those are millionaires, multi millionaires who sp- you know they they buy fifty cars or hundred thousand dollar watches or fifty thousand dollar suits. You don't think? NBA guy that has massive discretionary income when he's sitting there killing time before a game is going to jump on his phone and drop ten grand on a on a phone or on a watch or on a TV or during halftime yeah. you're like you're like pissed off over something and you can just go right to the kiosk right there and order yourself some shoes. I think it's genius. I think it's genius. I was going to maybe do D bag of that, but no, that's a smart business move right no, there. I, I love. We're light on D bag today or this week, aren't we? Uh, well, I'm just. I, it's your guy's call. I won't no, I'm not putting, no, I'm but not putting. No, I'm not. No, I'm saying on the D bag. I'm saying to me what I was going to say is. I would have just given it to the Pro Bowl and stopped there. I wouldn't even put a vote up. Yeah, I mean, Pro the, Bowl's the, there, yeah. To, to what they did to Aaron Jones and Zadarius Smith and Mason Crosby, I wouldn't even – to me, it's the Pro Bowl. I think That's, the idea could work, but I think it would have been better if you would have thought of this earlier once a LeBron was coming back to Cleveland, <laughs> once he already ran him out because everyone burned their jerseys and shoes. Yeah. No, that's, 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 that's cool. Not a bad idea. Uh, so, again, the question – you know, this is this is game twenty nine of eighty two. 
So, I mean, you, you have 53 games still to go for this Bucks season. Now, obviously, things are going about as good as they can go at 24-4, and four, uh, coming off an 18-game win streak. But again, knowing that we think of baseball as this grinded-out, just brutal war of attrition long season, basketball is actually a longer season. I mean, do you think about we're, we're, we're now just getting slapped in the face finally with full-on winter that is starting here in Wisconsin. When the NBA season ends, it'll be mid-June. I, mean, I, I can't even get my arms around thinking about summer right now. It's so brutally cold coming out this morning. Um, so, you know, how much does a game, granted, it's a pretty kick-ass game, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Lakers, but it's game 29 of 82. Does this really matter at all in the grand scheme of things tonight? Um, I mean, the team could look completely different. Or not completely different, but can look marginally different when it comes to the playoffs if they were to meet in the NBA Finals. But, I mean, it doesn't mean too much. You have Eric Bledsoe out with a fractured fibula. You have Kyle Kuzma out with a rolled ankle. I don't. Anthony Davis is listed as questionable for the game tonight. Would you be disappointed if Anthony Davis doesn't play? Well, that and there's that too. I mean... We think of this as, you know, it's like the load management, right? When, when you know, if you feel bad for fans, right? It was the game last year. I mean, the Lakers weren't very good, but it's still LeBron versus Giannis, and they both rested for load management. So, yeah, I mean, of course I'd be pissed if Anthony Davis doesn't play tonight because I want to see the best players, but it's game 29. I mean, yeah. Anthony Davis not playing tonight means absolutely nothing for the Lakers. The Bucs are an uncommon opponent. The, the, the Lakers, the only time they're going to play the Bucks again would be in the NBA Finals. The Lakers don't have, I would think, a ton of motivation. Now, maybe you want to say the motivation is the Bucks are a great team and we want to vanquish another great team. But the Lakers are thinking about the Clippers and the Rockets and the Nuggets. They don't care about the Bucks. So I'm just like, it's a cool game for the fans, and I'm sure TNT is going to be all bunged up over it tonight. But my question is, how much does it really matter, this game tonight? <sighs> I mean, it matters. It's still exciting to see Giannis versus if Anthony Davis not playing. It's still exciting to see Giannis versus LeBron James. Anytime LeBron's around or Giannis is around, I think you you turn ahead and you're like, oh damn, these guys are the best in the world at what they do. Um, but in the grand scheme of the NBA in the regular season, nah. I mean, you even had Kyle Korver after they lost their uh, going for their 19th straight win when they lost that game against the Mavericks. Kyle Korver, who is a Buck, said no one remembers. Of the first half of the NBA regular season, anyways, right. he basically says it's good to get the loss out of the way. They won 18 in a row, and their players are saying, "Well, no one's really going to remember this, anyways." So, does it matter when you're at game? What was it, 29? Yeah, game 29 of 82, uh, 608-321-1670. Well, I would think you've got a tough decision, Nelson. I assume this you is were, tough for Nelson. You, well, I was going to say, I assume Nelson, you were all in. You were pro uh, Rise of Skywalker tonight until Big Joe extended that olive basket to you. On uh, on watching the game with him and Stump. So I mean, what are you gonna vote in this Twitter poll? Would you rather watch Bucks Lakers uh, tonight, or would you rather uh, with Big Joe and Stump, or would you rather go to Rise of Skywalker? Maybe I can get you know Crowbar or, or a Honda Reggie. or Reggie to go to you know Rise of Skywalker. With. Believe it or not, I'm gonna be tuning into the Bucks game, wow. and that's just how bad Star Wars is. But you guys kind of already mentioned it. Yeah, it's it's Giannis versus LeBron. We don't know if Anthony Davis is playing, but I mean that should be enough, right? Two of the best yeah. players in the NBA, two of the best teams in the NBA. But when I have the option to either watch a live sporting event or watch a movie, I always pick a live sporting event because that's the only thing 
where if you don't watch it live, you already kind of know what happens, especially in today's day and age where everything's on your phone. You can go on Twitter and half the people are already saying what the score is or what's happening or what's going on, where a movie you can watch at any time. Let me ask you, Nelson. Let's say tonight it was the WNBA Finals (laughs) or Rise of Skywalker and you had to watch one. Which one are you choosing? Man, I might sit through three hours of Star Wars. <laughs> I, I would regret doing either. I would regret doing either. Yeah, Nelson, people don't realize Nelson has never seen Star Wars. Yeah, never seen it. That, Not it's a just, one. It's just, I can't, it's just when you say it out loud. It boggles the mind. It, it just, it makes my head hurt. It like, it, it almost like, wants, I'm going to give me like a mini stroke. Right. Like thinking about it. I just, I can't get my arms around that the man has never seen uh, Star Wars. But that's why, again, I say it all the time. If he was somebody else's kid, he's that annoying little brat that you can't, you know, you want to throw across the playground when it's your kid. He's ours. It's, he's ours. It's our baby. Yep. That's our, that's damn, our Nelly. damn if you're going to, you know, be critical of my kid. That's somebody our else's kid. God, that kid's annoying. Your kid. Oh, what a precious little angel. He's a special little boy. That's our Nelly. That's our dude. That's our person. I might get him. I might freaking get his face tattooed on my forearm after the show. Do that in Vegas. <laughs> that is true love. I don't you're care his what person. He, I mean, you're my person, Nelson. You care what anyone thinks? I don't care what anybody thinks. It's my person. <laughs> Goosebumps every time. What a song. Never fails. Listen to this song. It's one of those timeless. Yeah. Every time you hear it, you get jacked up. That Indiana Jones. Good, the bad, the ugly. Rise of Skywalker has risen into theaters tonight. Good music. The final Star Wars. I don't think it'll be the final Star Wars movie. Final Skywalker saga. Right. Disney. Until they do more. Disney spent a whole big pile of cash to buy it. So I'm going to guess there's going to be a ton more Star Wars movies. But this timeline, which started back in 1977 with A New Hope, ends tonight as uh, Rise of Skywalker coming out in theaters. We put it out into the field. Uh, Will you be going tonight, this weekend, next week? Or you say, hey, Disney Plus, I'm paying my $6.99 a month. Uh, I'll just wait a few months and uh, catch it on demand. I, I don't want to fight the theaters and the holiday traffic. Uh, I cannot believe, I guess this is the sign of the times we live in, man. Uh, I guess newspapers are dying and going to the movies are dying because 42% say wait to watch it on a home release like a Netflix or a Disney Plus. Oh, man, there's no way I cannot go see this movie in the theater. Yeah, like a movie like that, I got to see it in the theater. There's a couple of movies you have to see in the theater, and I think that's one of them. To get the full effects, man, the laser sound effects, the music that you were just playing, you know, the, the sights and the sounds, you got to do it. So State uh, of the art. Yeah, it is uh, it, it is Star Wars, man. So, yeah. uh, But yes, right now, 42% of the vote on the Twitter poll, so they're going to wait till it hits uh, it hits on demand. Uh, we will uh, we'll talk more about the Bucks and the uh, the Lakers. We were diving into that game in the uh, in the last hour. Uh, only time LeBron and, and maybe Anthony Davis, I say maybe Anthony Davis because apparently he's hurt, 
but the only time the Lakers come to Milwaukee this season, unless is that is that good foreshadowing? Unless it's for the, the NBA finals. finals, yeah. I mean, it is it is good foreshadowing, man. But I, the team can look pretty not pretty different, but different. You know, because we saw what the Bucks did last year when they made all those tweaks, right? It was um, they got Brown and Miritich and all kinds of guys and. And you're like, who is this team? It looks so much better. So it'll be a nice little preview, possibly, for the finals. But if Anthony Davis isn't playing, how much can you really get gain from it? Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it's a great point. And, you know, we think of, again, baseball, such a long season, or even the NFL. Like, you know, you, you think of September, and we didn't know that if the Packers were going to win that first game against the Bears, and now here they are sitting at 11-3. and Well, think about the Bucks. Uh, it is December 19th. The NBA Finals start on June 7th. You know, how much... You know, I, I think the Bucks and Lakers are going to be really good. And I think both these teams absolutely could be in the NBA Finals. But I'm just like, of course you get excited about the game tonight. It's great entertainment. It, it's a great game to watch. I'm just saying... Don't you know, if the Bucks win tonight? Don't don't uh, clear your schedule in June for the NBA Finals. And if the Bucks lose tonight, yeah, you know, don't take the Twitter and say the Bucks are pretenders. Yeah. This it's a cool game. It's not really in the grand scheme of things that big a deal for how good the Bucks will or will not be ultimately this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this that's why they play a, a seven game series, right? Come to the playoffs, right, Miller? Um, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be entertaining. LeBron versus Giannis will be pretty cool. We'll see the Anthony. I think Anthony Davis will play, um, but it it'll just be must see TV. You have three of the best players in the world on the court. How cool is that? Yeah, I, I think right now it would have to be with with Luka Doncic's injury. I think you'd have to say the MVP is one, two, three, a combination of Giannis, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. So uh, you hope Anthony Davis plays. And uh, again. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points uh, scored tonight. That's why I took the over Let's see. in the daily action. Bucks at home are 13 and 2, while the Lakers on the road are 14 and 2. It's like uh, something's got to give on Monday night. Yep. Kirk Cousins never won on Monday hey. night football. Packers have never won in Minnesota in this stadium. The Someone, Pacers, something's got to happen. The Pacers just ended the LA Lakers road winning streak, so they take an L on the road. That means they're vulnerable. The Bucks are going to give them another L. Uh, I think the Bucs uh, only one time last year, and it was in March, lost back-to-back games. I think Mike Budenholzer, uh, I think the best thing for the Bucks was probably losing that game. I don't think they're going to lose two in a row. I don't think they're going to lose tonight. I think they're going to win. Um, the only question would be by how much. That's why I didn't take the point spread because I don't know about Anthony Davis. Uh, but I do like the Bucs uh, tonight in this game. Uh, speaking of Packers-Vikings, so... We saw the news. Our our guy Shefty uh, tweeted out about an hour ago that it's pretty much official. Dalvin Cook is done uh, for Monday Night Football. Um, you know, I, Kirk Cousins. I can't talk about a weird career, right? You know, yep. we're talking about like Trubisky when the when the Bears played last week, and that's like the smaller, condensed version of Kirk Cousins because like that game in Green Bay in September. The Packers get up 21-0. It looks like it's going to be a blowout. And then the Packers don't score again after the first quarter. And the Vikings kind of chip away, chip away. Then Kirk Cousins throws, like, the worst throw of all time into the end zone, into, like, quadruple coverage. Packers get the interception and win. So I'd say, like, you know, this is a game, if you're the Packer defense, you want Kirk Cousins to be the guy to beat you, not Dalvin Cook. Well, now Dalvin Cook's out. The problem is... After that game that the Packers beat the Vikings, Cousins went on like some insane. Now, he's come back down a little bit, but he's still 
had a pretty good year. So what do both of you guys think now that Cook is out? Are you worried that that it will be Kirk Cousins, that it's just going to be, they're going to turn, because they don't really have a backup running back to the Vikings. They're just going to say, Thielen, Diggs, Cousins, we're going to throw it like 50 times and Green Bay try and stop us throwing the ball 50 times on Monday night. Yeah, I think it goes a little bit in the Packers' favor that you know, good running back like Delvin Cook is out because the Packers kind of get gashed by running backs. But if you look at Kirk Cousins, 0-8 Monday Night Football, that's like a glaring stat, right? You look at it and you're like, man, this guy must stink on Monday Night Football. Kirk Cousins' career Monday Night Football, if you take away the 0-8 record, he is 191 for 292. That's 65.4% uh, with an average of 269.2 passing yards per game and a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 11-5. to His numbers aren't bad. It's just 0-8 for Monday Night Football. Like the one when he lost the, the Seahawks earlier this year. What was the score of that game? That game was wild, wasn't it? Kirk Cousins didn't do bad. What, he had 276 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. They lost uh, when they lost. I don't know. Kirk Cousins. And that interception was a hell of a play by the Seattle corner. Yeah, Kirk Cousins isn't like bad on Monday Night Football. He's just the 0-8 record kind of makes it look worse, even though his numbers aren't bad. Kirk Cousins on a tear, though, Miller. Yeah, he's the last If you he, look at his numbers right next to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they're identical. They're pretty almost. identical. But Aaron Rodgers is a pro bowler. Okay. <laughs> Man, you're still on that pro bowl thing, aren't you? Yeah, cuz I want it, what's right is right and that's not right. Well, what do you think, Nelson? Does Delvin Cook be out benefit the Packers? Well, for sure, and it's not even Delvin Cook, but their backup Alexander Madison, who's also pretty good for the Vikings, also most likely out. That leaves them one healthy running back. Yeah, I mean, last week the Vikings—they uh, had—I I know because I had their—I started their defense. They had 27 fantasy points. They had like two pick sixes. They had like three. I mean, it, they won last week because of the defense against the Chargers. It was 39-10. Cousins uh, only threw one touchdown. He had 200 yards. Uh, the week before that, it was kind of the same thing. The Viking defense just shut down the line. So his last two games, he hasn't done much. He's only had two touchdowns and thrown for just over 200 yards. But before that, you know, you had the Seahawks game, you had three touchdowns, Broncos three touchdowns, Cowboys two touchdowns, Chiefs three touchdowns. They had that weird Thursday night terrible game against the Redskins where you didn't have any. But then you go before that, 4-2-2. Two, two. So ever since his public apology to his wide receivers after the Packer game, he has been pretty good other than the last two weeks. But the last two weeks, the Vikings won, and their defense was just crushing bad teams. So... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Does, does, when I say Kirk Cousins, does that scare you no. for Monday Night Football? <clears throat> it doesn't, but... that's what's... If the Packers are going to lose, that's... It's going to be... If they lose this game, it's going to be because Kirk Cousins beat them. Well, I think another thing that's... I mean, I know Delvin Cook is going to be out, but one thing that's not in the Packers' favor is Adam Thielen is back. He played, you know, last week against the Chargers, but Kirk Cousins didn't have to throw the ball because Phillip Rivers and the Chargers turned they the ball over him. six freaking times. Yeah. Um, so they didn't have to throw, but Adam Thielen's back, and uh, he'll—I just got a feeling he's going to just kill the Packers. And it's Kirk Cousins' defense. I mean, you were talking about how good the defense was, Miller. Kirk Cousins' defense in the Monday night primetime games, they're the ones that's been their Achilles heel. They've allowed 28.9 points per game over Cousins' Monday night career. It's going to be hard to win games when your defense is almost giving up 30 points a freaking Monday night football game, isn't it? So to put that in perspective, they said only the Miami Dolphins allow more points per game on Monday night football. <laughs> 
So let me ask you then, Nelson, because you brought up the stats, and they are almost identical. Uh, Cousins has one more touchdown pass than Rodgers and about 200 more passing yards. So the number is almost identical. If it be, No, the difference is the Packers have this guy named Aaron Jones where the Vikings don't have Dalvin Cook. But, I mean, if it became uh, – I mean, well, let me ask both of you guys. Do you think this is a shootout like 35-31 or do you think Vikings without a running back, their defense has been pretty good the last couple of weeks. They're going to rely on the defense. They're going to try and, and make the Packers one-dimensional – and sell out and just say, man, if Aaron Jones can rush for 150 yards, so be it, and try and win like a 17-13 game. Like, what do you think the game feels like? Does it feel like shootout because the Vikings have no running backs, so they're just going to try and throw it over the yard? Or do you say, no, why would you do that if you're the Vikings? Your last two games, you've given up 16 points on defense. You've had 10 turnovers the last two games on the Viking defense. You're just going to try and smother Aaron Rodgers in the Packers offense, which has been at times pretty average. Can the Packers afford to get into a shootout? Can they can they hold up if they're in a shootout? What do we talk about that's so bad about the Packers? All their wide receivers besides Devontae Adams? What has Geronimo Allison done? What has MVS done? What has Alan Lazard done? What has Jake Kumaro done? So what has Aaron do, Rodgers done? Okay, for so a forget the Vikings. Then do what are the do the would the Packers rather win this game seventeen to ten or thirty one twenty eight? I don't think the Packers care how they win the yeah. game. No, I know. I'm just saying what form what 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 is a better what's a more likely scenario that the Packers He is a win? fan. I'd like to see the shootout because I know that our offense can finally score against a pretty decent defense. So the Good. Packers right now are 14th in the league for points per game at 23.6. The Minnesota Vikings are 5th, tied 5th in the league with the Saints and the Cowboys at 27 points a game. I think the Packers got a I don't care how they win as long as they do it, but if they get into a shootout, doesn't that lean more Vikings just because they have better weapons to catch the ball and to get to the end zone and Thielen and Diggs? And... Yeah, Joe mentioned that uh, the Vikings with uh, Delvin Cook and most likely Alexander Madison out, the Packers probably had advantage in the running game. Yeah, that's true, but you mentioned Adam Thielen's back. They already have Stefan Diggs. They got a lot of run from Treadwell and Johnson, who yeah. – I don't know. I don't watch the Vikings super closely, but they seem to be at least serviceable where Geronimo Allison, MVS, I don't even know if I would consider them serviceable. They're just kind of on the field. They're just kind of there. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, you, they, the Packers definitely, I mean, so go back to, to our the other Aaron. We've said a lot, this is not Aaron Rodgers' team. Maybe it's Aaron Jones' team. Is this then a game to have Aaron Jones carry it 25 times and it's not going to be about Rodgers it's going to be about Jones before Sunday the Packers were 4-0 and if Aaron Jones has, touches the ball 20 or more times what did Aaron Jones have against the Bears like 15 or something and they got to win so they're 5-0 and so Aaron Jones though before that was the Packers were 4-0 and when he touches the ball more than 20 times I think you got to Aaron Jones is your weapon it's Aaron Jones's team that's your weapon. That's your key to success. So, yeah, I mean, if Aaron Jones is heavily involved, I think the Packers do win this game. He's the one that can keep up. How many times have the Packers scored more than 30 points? That's what I'm looking at here. This season? They scored 34 against the Cowboys, 31 on the Chiefs, 42 on the Raiders. And 31, and 31 against 31 the, the Giants. Four times. Four times. And the Gi- they didn't do that against the Giants until the fourth quarter. The Cowboys, that was a shootout. Um, and the... I don't know, man. I don't know if the Packers have the 
capability of putting up more than 30 points uh, against the Vikings. It's a house of horrors for them, too, at U.S. Bank. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've never won there, and the Viking defense right now uh, is is playing probably the best it's played all season. It's uh, it's an interesting uh, dynamic for this game on Monday night. It basically now becomes the Kirk Cousins show. Uh, it's like saying it's you know the Mitchell Trubisky show at some level. Of course, the Packers are going to win this game. Uh, other than Cousins has been pretty good up until the last two weeks, but I don't think he wasn't good the last two weeks because it was so much on him. It was because the uh, Viking defense has been ridiculous uh, the last two weeks. So what does that do for you, Packer fans, uh, on this game uh, on Monday night? 608-321-167. Okay, I said I had the craziest uh, Jonathan Taylor, Ron Dane, Rose Bowl connection stat here. Uh, and I'll preface this by saying the rule, the, the the history and the stats are so stupid because they don't, uh, up until the last half decade, include uh, bowl games for rushing yeah, total, which is, right? So Ron um, Dane is the NCAA's all-time leading rusher uh, pre-bowl game yardage. He's at 63.97. The problem is about seven years ago, they started counting bowl games, even though they have Ron Dane's bowl numbers. So if you extrapolate Ron Dane's bowl numbers, he's really at 7,125, which would smash Donnell Pumphrey, the guy from San Diego State, who technically... Uh, is the career leader. And this is where I'm saying somebody should get up Zach Halpern because this guy is the champion of this cause trying to get Ron Dane's uh, bull yardage. And it's absolutely egregious. So Ron Dane really, in actuality, Ebo has 7,125 yards. That being said, the NCAA, if you go to their website or if you go to all-time stat leaders, it'll show Ron Dane at 6,397 because when Ron Dane didn't play, they didn't count bowl game yardage for stats. Which is well, insane. Here's where the wrinkle gets uh, real. Here's where, as they say, the plot thickens. So they, of course, now do count yardage in bowl games for stats, right? Yep. So Jonathan Taylor has played in two bowl games thus far, right? Indeed. So uh, right now, Jonathan Taylor, uh, with the bowl game yardage, which now is being counted, is at 6,080. So if you play it out, he's really only 326 yards behind Donnell Pumphrey to be the all-time leading rusher. I think we all agree that Jonathan Taylor is going to go pro after this game. So what do we do, Joe? We're going to feed him the rock every possession against Oregon. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor handoff every single game. We'll get him 400 rushing yards. So even though Ron Dane and Ricky Williams and Tony Darsett, those guys should be one, two, three, none of them get credit for their bowl yardage. The only guy in the top 10 ever uh, because of the top 10, Ron Dane, Tony Dorsett, Donnell Pumphrey, Ricky Williams, Charles White, Jonathan Taylor, D'Angelo Williams, Travis Prentice, Archie Griffin, only two have been credited with bowl game stats. That's Danelle Pumphrey and Jonathan Taylor. So in actuality, Ron Dane, Ricky Williams, and Tony Darsett should be one, two, three all time in rushing. And maybe someday they will change it. But as of now, it's Danelle Pumphrey. So to your point, if Jonathan Taylor, because we say, come on, could you imagine if he came back for a senior year? He'd be the all time leading rusher. He'd set every record known to man. Mm-hmm. 
Well, now that yards count in bowl games, if you wanted to do it, in theory, the Badgers could probably get Jonathan Taylor 300. He might get it with, you know, just the functionality of the game. Can you imagine if Jonathan Taylor rushes for 326 yards in the Rose Bowl by these convoluted rules, he in fact will be the NCAA's all-time leading rusher, and he did it in three years. It's time to give him the rock every possession. What's um? What did Melvin Gordon run in that game against Nebraska? Who was? What's the four, most? Four was it? Four oh seven, I think. Some four, four and change. Four oh seven, four six, maybe. It's doable. It's possible. Oh, it's absolutely There's already set doable. precedent before with those kinds of badges and their running backs. Did you also see yesterday that Jonathan Taylor became the first two-time unanimous first-team All-American in school history? I did see that. Yet can't get invited to New York for the Heisman Trophy. Interesting. No, I, Jonathan Taylor can do it, dude. What are the you, odds of it happening? Huge, but he can do it. Nelson, would you, if you're Paul Chris, just to make a point to the NCAA and the hypocrisy and the lunacy of Ron Dane and the stats, would you make a point to get Jonathan Taylor 326 yards? To then you would have both. You would have the asterisk all-time leader with Ron Dane. And you'd have the technically by the rule. Can you imagine if Jonathan Taylor gets 326 yards? Wisconsin would have two all-time. They would have the all-time leading rusher in the history of college football twice. Twice. Two different guys. Twice. They, I am now. I'm going to the game. I am now on a mission to get Jonathan Taylor 326 yards. That would be the most incredible, awesome story in history. If Jonathan Taylor gets 236 in this game, by the way, he went for 250 against Iowa this year. He went for 224 against Purdue, and he went for 204 against Nebraska. So 236 is not, he's done, uh, or 326. I mean, it's obviously a massive number, but he's he's got three 200-plus yard games this year. Yeah, um, and how many carries? Let's see, 250 at 31 carries. Oh, dude, we can bolster those carries up. How many possessions do the Badgers have? I'm going to see how many possessions the Badgers average a game, and every single one of those is going to be straight to Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I, this has to happen. Uh, Taylor's best individual game came last year, his sophomore season. Would you have, rather have a Rose Bowl win or a Jonathan Taylor record? Taylor record. Taylor record, hands down, not even worth talking about. It's Rose about. Bowl. It's not the college football playoffs. So well, they've won the Rose Bowl. If they never won the Rose Bowl, I'd think about it. The fact that they've won that game three times. I, I love the record. Uh, his his highest individual game uh, was last year, his sophomore year, that crazy over, that three overtime game that they outlasted Purdue. Um, he, 47, 44, they won the game. He went for 321. Now, it took three overtimes to get him there, but he does have a 300-yard game on his resume. He's got he's got three two hundred and fifty yard games on his resume. Uh, Nelson, if you're Paul Chris, do you just to make a point? Do you keep feeding him at the Rose Bowl? It's the, like I would somewhat disagree with Evo, but I would somewhat agree. It's not the college football playoff. There's not like you're advancing to another game. I still think it's a huge game, but it, you're done after this game. I mean, if he said, if he, I let's think say, if it came organically, like Melvin Gordon's 408 against Nebraska, no, pound where, him every time. Yeah, they pulled him out a quarter early. If it happened like that, where he was just running wild, yeah, I don't see Paul Chris just handing it to him just to try and get him a record, yeah, even but if they were is, losing this to is, Oregon. This isn't like, you know, a hundred yard day, or this isn't he, he could win the Big Ten Player of the Week. This is to be the greatest running back ever. 
and it would come at the expense of another Badger running back, and Ron Dane, who really should be recognized. And again, maybe someday the NCAA will get its head out of its ass about one of a million things the NCAA sucks at uh, would be not giving Ron Dane. I mean, Ron Dane is the career rushing leader. But again, if you go to NCAA.com, I'm on it right now, career rushing FBS, Donnell Pumphrey one, Ron Dane two, Ricky Williams three, Tony Dorsett four, Jonathan Taylor five. You could have one, two on this list, and then Dane with bowl games could be one. I, they have to find a way to get him 326 in this game. I got a, I got some bad news, though. Oregon's defense is ranked 10th when it comes to overall defense. The rushing defense, I mean. The rushing defense is ranked 10th in the country. It's going to be I, some tough goings. I knew Taylor was close. I didn't know he was that close. And I say that like that's a relative term. Like 326 yards is a lot. But we've had Badger running backs in the modern era that have rushed for more than 326 yards. Taylor did it two years ago. He can do it. Dane's done it. Gordon's done it. Ball's done it. We've had running backs that have had 300-yard days. Why not? I say, screw the Rose Bowl. Let's stick it to the NCAA and just show the hypocrisy of the, the rushing stats and have Jonathan Taylor just eat at the Rose Bowl. Man, Oregon's got a decent rushing defense, though, man. They're top 10. And I can't see Paul Chris being the type of coach that would do that. But if his name was Lane Kiffin, maybe. All right, uh, somebody come up with something here on this. Jonathan Taylor, if he had, if he has 326 yards in the Rose Bowl, by these convoluted rules, he goes down as the all-time leading rusher, wouldn't even need his senior season. Nerd power is back. I love that. Stern's... Dumpster diving, baby. Yep. That's what we do. Dumpster you, diving, you found some old comics in there. I'll, I'll see your Garrett Cole, and I'll raise you an Eric Sogard. <laughs> That's what we do here what? in Cream City, Eric baby. Sogard, 2016-2018 for the Brewers. I think he was good in July yeah, he had, 2018. He, he had one hell of a July in 2017. No one can ever take that July he had two years ago. I remember we were at that game. He had, like, almost hit for the cycle. We were playing Brewer Bingo. Uh, oh. We were having a blast. Uh, Sogard almost helped me win Brewer Bingo. That was one fine month. Nobody, Ebo, can ever take that month from Eric Sogard away. No one. And now that's why he's back for hopefully a great July. <laughs> Eric Sogard, everyone. Hell, hell yeah. Oh, uh, that is And funny. how in the world did he get $4.5 million? Nelson, how did Eric Sogard get four and a half mil? Absolutely hate this move. Like, there's no, I can't sugarcoat it. <laughs> it's the 12 days of Stearns, Nelly. Twice as much money as what I would give him. I mean, what position is this guy really going to play? We're looking for a first and a third base, and we got plenty of outfielders. Nelson. He's got a weak arm. He's not going to play shortstop. You acquired Urias. You already have Arcia, and you still have, what, probably a make-it-or-break-it deal for Arcia. There's two big nights for Sogard. Or there's one big night for Sogard, I should say. The other nights he's going to be warming. The, someone's got to warm the bench, Nelson. Someone's got to keep it, make sure it, you know that, that wood is good in the in the bullpen down there. Or the bullpen, yeah, the, so the dugout, I Nelson, mean. Nelson, like the Bucks. You, you need Thanos Attendakumbo to wave a towel. The NBA needs towel waivers. Yep. And in baseball, Ebo's exactly right. You need guys on the bench to Clapping. get the, who, Nelson, what do they do if it's Great the Great chatter. Of, chatter right in here. the clubhouse. 
What's Eric Sorgar going to do when the Brewers are down seven runs? Going to flip inning? his hat around. He's going to put on his rally cap. A rally cap. Someone's got a chatter in the in the uh, you know, dugout there. Yeah, come on. What do you say? What do you say? Big hit, big hit, big hit. Hey, let me Every, go. Big one, big one. Go, dude, big stick. You played baseball at a high level. You wrestled at a high level. Don't tell me, Nelson. You didn't have guys on your bench at a wrestling meet or on your in the dugout that never played that were just the rah-rah guys. Every team's got a rah-rah guy. You got to have a rah-rah guy. Does Eric Sogard look like a rah-rah guy? Absolutely. He's got those little nerdy sport yeah, glasses. He's got a big old nose. Hey, what do you say, kid? What do you say, kid? What do you say, kid? Swing a big stick. Let's go, kid. What do you say, kid? Let's go. All he's right, the guy there. you turn to and say, shut up. No, he's the rah-rah guy. You are. I can't get on board dude. with this deal. I Nelson. cannot believe you as a guy who played the high. I mean, I played baseball up until my junior year in high school. You played up until a couple of years ago. I cannot believe you of all people. Would not understand the rah rah. Gotta have guy. chatter. Gotta have good chatter, boys. I love the rah rah guy. Nelson, when someone makes a good name play, a position, Eric Sogard's gonna play next year. Rah rah guy. He's gonna help out the infield. When <laughs> for on, four and a half million? When they're on defense, what do you look for? The guy telling you how many outs there are. There'll be two outs. They'll be doing the <laughs> devil horns. Two outs, baby. Two outs. Two outs. We Man, if you're playing at this there. level, I hope you know how many outs are then there. Then why do guys do it, Nelson? Yeah, why, why does they, every do time a ba- you get an out? Does the does the first does Ryan Braun every time he makes a catch in left field hold up the two right or every time Eric Thames catches a foul ball I see every I'm pretty pro. sure every I time I see Ryan majors. every time I watch a major league game someone's always holding up the two outs or the one pretty sure that's not a two <laughs> that Ryan Braun is throwing up oh. when he catches the ball in the outfield I'm pretty sure that's like a cross symbol thanking God that he caught the ball oh stop it you need to end Sogard's biggest night because Brewers always have a Star Wars bobblehead night. Nerd Power Star Wars Bobblehead Night featuring Eric Sogard. Mm. You can already see it. I love it. I'm. I'm what do you say, kid? What do you say, kid? What do you say, kid? Swing a big stick. Let's go, kid. <laughs> He's the rah rah guy. I can't believe Nelson. You didn't. Did you not have a rah rah guy in your hometown? Does team? Nelson look or maybe like a, were you the rah rah guy? Does, does Nelson look like a rah rah guy? No. Does Nelson Definitely look like he'd one. like a rah rah guy? I mean, did you play? Did you start? Did you get playing time? Did you get a lot of time in your home when you played? I let talent? my playing do the yelling Nelson and the speaking. Was the guy I don't, that they had I don't to sit tell there and need to scream. Nelson's the guy that they had to tell him to be quiet because they're going to kick him out for John at the ref too much. <laughs> he probably put the ref uh, on notice. In all seriousness, it's it's slightly below Ryan Healy's signing yesterday. I will say this, No, no, no. That makes that signing look great. Eric Sogard, props for that guy for stealing $4.5 million, though. <laughs> Okay, Orlando Arcia is basically on a make-it-or-break-it year. He's making roughly half of what Sogard's making. He's going to be your starting shortstop. What is What position is Sogard going to play? We just covered it. He's rah-rah. Yeah, but he's getting $4.5 million okay. to sit on the bench? I will say this. He... Uh, Thanasis Atendekumbo, simply for having the same birthright as Giannis Atendekumbo is making $1.5 million to wave a towel at the end of the Bucks bench. Yep. Eric Sogard is making three times what Thanasis Adendakumbo is making. Yep. I will say, I mean, Thanasis Adendakumbo got a great gig. He was born Giannis Adendakumbo's brother. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> but what did Eric Sogard do? Did he just have this world's sweetest he put like, on glasses. goggles? He put on some glasses and everyone's like, dude, this guy, he looks like a nerd. Whoa, nerd culture's cool. We love him. I can't believe he's. I don't. I can't believe he's getting four. That's the stunner. Not that they brought him back. That he's making four and a half million. That is insane. 
And they also have, I'm looking at the Brewer depth chart. They have one, two, three, four, five. They have eight infielders. Where are they going to play this guy? <laughs> we already covered it. He's on the bench. He's the rah-rah guy. Hey, what do you say, kid? What do you say, kid? Like, you you have Urias and you have Arcia. That's your that's your shortstop. Well, they had this guy, Your second Keston base, Hira. you have a guy yeah, named he's pretty, Keston he's Hira. He's pretty good, too. You're not going to play him in front of them, maybe on days off. You don't need anyone in the outfield. Eric Sogard's not going to play first base. He doesn't have a very strong arm. When you put him at shortstop and third base, that becomes a liability. My question is, how does Eric Sogard go from making half of a million dollars to making four and a half million dollars? It's a crazy signing. It's crazy. It's insane money. Last year's base salary was half a mil. Eric, for that money, Eric Sogard better be a borderline all-star next year. <laughs> By the way, the only good news yesterday from uh, the Brewers, uh, MLB.com. Nelson, did you happen to see, I retweeted this, did you happen to see the updated depth chart? I have not. Uh, I still can't believe Ryan Healy starts opening day at third base. That's what MLB is claiming. <laughs> well, who else is going to? I get that. Um, I suppose they have to put him there. But it's 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 good. We're going to be fine next year, Brewer fans. I know this roster is a little weird right now. <laughs> Weird's and, being polite. Yeah, you know, this rotation. I, I love Brandon Woodruff, Hauser, Lindblom, Anderson. I, I, I just don't know. But I feel better now. Because MLB.com has Ryan Braun listed as the opening day starter at first base. He's Who cares? Be just I can't fine. get off the soul guard thing. He's going to be 34 years just old. Fine. What does he bring besides some versatility that you really don't need <laughs> Dude, at this point with nothing. your roster? It makes no sense. It makes literally no sense. Honestly, He's had one and a half good seasons. He's 34. I got to give props to Solgard though. I looked up his net worth. His net worth before this season was ranged from half a mil to a million dollars. His now now he's making four and a half mil. Look at that. Wouldn't you want to make like quadruple your income, triple your income, Joe, in a year? Good for him. How do you go from making a, a half a mil to four and a half million? I want to know who his agent is. You want to know how you know the balls were juiced last year? Eric Sogard in his whole career never had more than three home runs in a year. He hit 13 last yeah, year. Yeah, 290, 13 home runs, 40 ribbies in 110 games. That that tells That's me right there the balls power. were juiced. Nerd power is a new stat coming to the analytics in the MLB. Uh, that is insane. Uh, Todd says four and a half million. All right, Nelson, you know how you like to get your debates with Todd sometimes on Twitter. There you go. Todd says four and a half mil is actually a decent rate for a two point six WAR guy in Sogard. He can he can spell all four. I think he can play all four infield positions, and he's an insurance policy. Your your retort, Nelson. He's not going to play that much. He's got nowhere to play. He's not going to be a starter. His war won't be anywhere near that. Yeah, but he's a good rah-rah guy. He, yeah, how do you know he can't He can't start a rally cap, Nelson? How do you know he can't get, you know, come on, kid, come on now. What do you say, come kid? On, come, come on, on now, come on, come on, kid. There you go. Rock and fire, rock and fire. Get a pepper, kid. Come on now. What do you say? What do you say? I'm just going to say, outside of Junior Guerra, who's a guy that David Stearns has found like this that has lasted for more than one season? What do you think is going to happen next, though? You think Eric Thames is coming back? I, I mean, so Eric Sogard's coming back. Where, where are they going to put all these guys? I feel like Eric Thames will be back. And I feel like all of a sudden we'll get some signing that Yalisha Sheen coming back for your Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, here you go. Right, since I won't be here tomorrow, I think I've got it. Get, a, get it a day early. The reason, you guys, is Stearns is making all these wacky moves is it's going to come breaking here any minute that the Brewers are leaving the National League. 
They are going back to the American League. Uh, the National League, I remember the slogan was, the PR was, let's take this thing national when they made the switch. It didn't work. It was a failed experiment in the National League. The Brewers are going back to the American League later this season, and they are stocking up on designated hitters. I think the <laughs> National League experiment has come to an end. Nelson, it's clear that uh, it didn't work. It was a good 20-year experiment. Uh, but the Brewers will always be thought of as an American League team. Stearns has been notified by the league that they will soon be an American League team, and he is stocking up on designated hitters. What do you think? I think a designated hitter would be the last way that I ever describe Eric Sogard. <laughs> All right, so Todd comes back in. He says, Nelson, Sogard has nowhere to play. Then who's playing first and third? Anyone else that can hit the ball. Eric Sogard can't play first base. That's where Ryan Braun is. I'll give you. I'll give yeah, you. Can play third or short, but I would. That would not be ideal. He doesn't have the arm strength for that. So what I can gather is you're not gonna get an Eric Sogard jersey from China. No. Do you think that'll go for four fifty five in the Brewers Pro Shop? Yeah, four point five five. Yeah, four dollars fifty five cents. <laughs> I feel like that's too much. Oh my God! You guys aren't gonna believe this. I'm sorry to interrupt. Arby's. I gotta, Arby's. No, Arby's. We gotta. You're not gonna believe Sarah this. Sarah J. No. Oh my. God. <laughs> What? In Stearns we trust. No way. Eric um, Thames. Gotta the, be. Please nope. be Eric Thames. On the eighth day of hot stove, David Stearns gave to me a first baseman named Justin Smoke. Really? Really? Who the hell is really? Justin? Justin Smoke's a pretty good yeah, it's player. Pretty good. He's, you got that smoke, bro. Oh, but they got 9,000 infielders. What's Ryan what? Braun going to do now? Looks like Ryan Braun might be taking uh, Nerd Power's position, cheering next to Craig Council. <laughs> Justin Kyle Smoke. Okay, oh, that, yeah, the guy from the Blue Jays. Okay, so he is a good player. Okay, he's a decent player. 33, 6'4", yeah. married to Kristen Smoke. Let's see if um, she's a smoke show. He's a po- I, I tell you what, Stearns doesn't like average guys, but he does like his power hitters. He Yet he signed old. Sogard. Um, hit 209 last year, but had 26 home runs and 61 RBIs. Uh, again, we'll get back to fantasy, but this is the eighth day in a row. David Stearns has made a signing. Justin Smoke. Smoking. Uh, is now, according to John Heyman, uh, is going to sign with the Milwaukee Brewers. And Nelson, to answer your question, you said you just said Eric Sogard was average. That's below average. Come on. I mean, he hits for average. I just have no idea. Yeah, for, what, like one month. I just have no idea what the Brewers are doing. I mean, I like this. This guy's a decent player, but. He had a down the, year last year, but I think it was two years but ago. But they got this guy, Healy, and they got Urias, who's not even starting. And you still got Arcia, and you got Braun, and now you got another guy in the outfield. Like, they ha- there's going to be a trade. They have to. There has got to be a trade coming. Somebody. Hater. A big-name brewer is getting traded. Hater. This has, there's no way they're keeping all these guys. Do you think Hater gets traded? I don't. Yes. Nelson, Yankees right? want him. Somebody's getting. They're not keeping this roster. Somebody is going to be traded before a big name. Lorenzo Kane, Josh Hader, uh, Ryan Garcia. I mean, Braun, if you, no one's taking That's that salary, happening. but a big name is. Be, I, I would maybe say Lorenzo Kane. Somebody is going to be traded off this roster. There is no way. You've got five third basemen and first basemen now on the Brewers roster. Don't they only just have two, Ryan Braun and Justin Smoke? Well, they got this guy Healy, and yeah, he'll he'd be a third base option. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, I think Urias is better than Arcia. But we, we're going to keep him on the bench. 
You still are we convinced Keston Hira is going to be second baseman from here? If on they out? trade Keston like, Hira, I'm done. They're not trading Keston Hira. I wow. There you go. Uh, we 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 were joking about Smoke. it. Smoke we it. joked about it yesterday, and then what does he do? He signs Solgard, and then he signs another guy. Eight days in a row. Okay. <laughs> On write the, the 12th. eighth day of Christmas, David Stearns gave to me oh my Justin God. Smoke at first base. Oh, my God. There you go. All right, uh, back to the quarterbacks. So there you go. Brewers uh, back in action. Um I, I just can't wait to see who they sign tomorrow. Does Stearns do it again today? <laughs> Does he double dip in one day? No, it's one a day. He's got to spread Now, if he signs Eric Thames, I'll be confused. God, I hope he signs that Eric Thames. That would be Thames. strange. I hope he goes. I don't mind this guy's smoke. I just don't. Um, I think once Kylo Ren decapitated him in uh, the, the Last Jedi, I, did, I thought he was done. Didn't Kylo Ren decapitate a, a, a high ambassador smoke? No, he cut him in half. Yeah, he cut him in half. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He used the Jedi mind trick to Snoke. turn on his lights. Oh, it's not the same guy? It's Snoke. Oh, that's Snoke. Okay. Well, guess who just texted me that wants to jump on? Who's that? Zach Heilprin, our well, sports director. He's got nine minutes. He said, sorry, I missed your text. Is there any opening for the rest of the show? I said, right now, yeah, bruh. We're talking. I was, Give him a call, would you, Nelly? He's got nine minutes. Give him a bell, would you? And I forget. He's a big J. I got to call yeah, him. You, got, you, you have to call the big J's. Big J's get called. Oh, man. There's always. What do you do with the big J's? No, that's what timing. I mean, they always say life is timing, Ebo. And I, was, I said before the commercial break. What did I say before the commercial break? I'm going to make one last impassioned yeah. plea. Before the fantasy zone for Jonathan Taylor, and I know that Zach Heilprin is the, the world's biggest uh, proponent for getting Ron Dane his recognition. Ron Dane. So um, absolutely uh, timing again. By the way, we put that Twitter poll in the field. Uh, I'm a bit surprised. Come on, people. Uh, what would you rather see? Uh, Wisconsin win the Rose Bowl or uh, Jonathan Taylor break the rushing record? Seventy percent of you say win the Rose Bowl. What? Been there, done that. It's not the. It's not because it's college football playoffs. Been there, done that. Run, come on, man. Dane. Wouldn't yeah, that be on. the ultimate? Sticking it to the NCAA. They're so stupid on every. I mean, they can't even get the rule, the stats right. Forget about yeah, pay to idiots. play. Forget about guys like Micah Potter getting screwed on the transfer rule. They can't even get stats right at the NCAA. Idiotas. They can't even give Ron Dane stats for bowl games the right way. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, uh, here we go. Let me hit this. Oh, what do we got? Oh, is it doing its thing? Yeah, it's doing its thing just to see what it does. Here, here, try to get ready. Uh, oh, boom. There we go. Hell yeah. You know it's a good day when Rihanna's playing because that means our sports director, Zach Kyle Prince, getting up. Zach, what is a normal wake-up time for the Zach Kyle Prince? I feel like you're a night owl. Yeah, I don't usually go to bed till like one or two, but I usually get up around eight. Um, so this isn't so we're, you're we're right in your wheelhouse. I just did. I, I we were yeah, talking I, about okay because we were talking about Jonathan Taylor like an hour ago, and I'm like, this is like this is the topic that was made for Zach Heilprin because Zach, yeah. you're a smart guy. I listened to the camp with you and Jesse Temple. Well done last night. Um, I'm sure you're aware. Because you're the guy who leads the crusade on the Ron Dane bowl yardage, which is probably out of the, all the stupid things the NCAA does, and we could do a whole four hours on the stupid crap the NCAA does. Not giving Ron Dane the bowl yardage is about the stupidest thing the NCAA has done, right? Most annoying for me. So More annoying than Nelson? 
<laughs> no, no, um, among the things NCAA does. Yeah, gotcha. NCAA does. Oh. Okay, so Ron Dane didn't get credit. He had nearly 1,000 rushing yards in four bowl games. He'd be, uh, Zach, he would be with his bowl yard 7,125. He would be 800 yards ahead of Donnell Pumphrey for the all-time leading rusher. But he's not, so Pumphrey is number one. Guess who is number five because he's also given credited for his bull yardage? That would be Jonathan Taylor. So here was my theory today, Zach. If Jonathan Taylor, who we're all talking about, man, can you imagine if he had come back next year what he would have done to the record? Here's the thing. He's 326 yards behind Donnell Pumphrey. How about Paul Chris just to stick it to the man to make a point (laughs) of the lunacy, have Jonathan Taylor go ham in the Rose Bowl, Get 326 yards. Set the all-time leading rushing record with an asterisk in three years. What do you think? Stick it to him. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be fantastic. I mean, Wisconsin would own the record and then actually really own the record. I mean, it'd be they'd have the two leading rushers in NCAA history: the real one in Ron Dane and number two, but number one in everybody's book. But that'd be awesome. Oregon, I'm- pretty pretty good defense. Yeah, what are they, 10th? Uh, I think they only average, like, they give up like 100 rushing yards a game, I think is what it is. They're, they're one of the better rushing defenses in the country. So that's that, that's unfortunate for Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, Ohio State was the number one rushing defense in the country. He put 148 on them. So, you know, he's got he's, he's shown that he can do it against good defenses. 326 or what? what you, whatever you said it was. 326 to break Pumphrey, which yeah, I mean, Zach, yeah. I had, I mean, I knew he obviously was in the top. I had no idea he was that close and close in a relative oh, yeah. term. That I mean, that's a monster game, but I mean, it's it's not like it's uh, Melvin Gordon at 407. I mean, we've seen uh, Taylor had 323 last year against Purdue. Like, I can't believe, and I don't think it's going to happen. But just to put the what if scenario, can you just imagine? If he drops like a buck seventy in the first half, and you're just sitting there thinking at halftime, why not? Just yeah. do it. It'd be amazing. I mean, it. It, it it would be amazing. It would be the greatest way to finish off a, a career too, because everyone has pointed, you know, had been upset that he didn't get invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony, and then the guy goes out in his final game and puts up three twenty six and breaks the record, and Wisconsin wins the Rose Bowl for the first time in twenty years, and he put that all together. Be the best possible way for him to go out. It'd be amazing. Even you know they didn't win a Big Ten title during his time, but that'd be as epic as you could possibly go. Zach, isn't Jonathan Taylor? Didn't he just win uh, another unanimous All American, the first in Wisconsin history to do it back to back? Yeah, he's the fir- yeah the the first t- the first player in school history to win- to uh, be a two-time unanimous first-team All-American. But he can't get invited to New York. Nope, but he got close. This is the closest he's gotten this year, yeah, which fifth. is fifth. Uh, so come back close. next year and he'll be a finalist. Yeah, he's coming back, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, no doubt. He's <laughs> well, uh, the, I, I, I do want to, since I got you, I want to ask some, some recruiting day stuff. But, I mean, we, we did this as a topic. And I know you have been championing this cause. I mean, the, the Dane thing is is lunacy, right? Uh, I yeah. mean, look, I, it'd be one thing if it was like if Ron Dane played in 1908 and we're looking at like grainy Zapruder footage of Ron Dane like running against, you know, Minnesota in an 8-5 game with like an oblong football. He played like 15 years ago. It's not like he played in an era gone by. We can pretty easily determine how many rushing yards Ron Dane had in his four bowl games and add them to his total. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that they could do that, and, and they know that. But the thing with their, in their mind is that just because you could add all of his stats, can you add all the stats from the 1938 Gasparilla Bowl that uh, featured, you know, and, and that, and who was 
a guy who had a five-yard punt return, all those things have to be added back in. And this is them saying, uh, you know, the guys that won the rushing title in 1956, are you going to go back and take the title away from them? Because uh, the guy, uh, somebody in a bowl game had more yards and ended up leading the country in rushing. Like, those are their excuses for it. And I think they're pathetic excuses. I don't really give a crap about who won the rushing title in 1956. I care about who is the all-time leading rusher in NCAA history. So get that fixed. Boom. And, you tell him, Heilprin. Hell yeah. No, and I think when they originally made this idea back in 2002, when they started adding the bowl stats in, the internet and its ability to you know, gather information was not nearly as, as uh, prevalent as it is now. And I think it's a lot easier process now than it probably would have been in 2002. Uh, visiting with our sports so. director Zach Heilprin. Uh, before we let you go, I've got a couple minutes here. Uh, I mean, boy, I just your heart breaks for PJ Fleck because if there's anybody Zach who does it the right way and is not annoying and is a real man of the people, it's PJ Fleck. I mean, to see the top recruit in the state of Minnesota at the 11th hour flip and go to Wisconsin, your big rival, the team you just lost to to win the Big Ten West in a trip to the Rose Bowl, it just breaks your heart for PJ Fleck, doesn't it? It does. I mean, he's he's a guy that you just love to root for, and everything he does everything so great, and he does, he's such a class character that yeah, it's it's tough to watch as Caden Johnson picks uh, Wisconsin over Nebraska and Minnesota. Uh, it really was, really Zach, was. For, I really enjoyed when PJ Fleck made his recruits wear a shirt that said PJ Fleck on it, and then a tiny little yeah. M. Those are my, that's my favorite thing he's ever done. Hey. Can you imagine Paul Chris doing that? I, I certainly can. Hey, Zach, in all, yeah, in all seriousness, I mean, this is he's a four-star recruit. He was the number one rated player in the state. Did any did you or, or Temple or any of your information dogs, did anybody see this coming? Or was this a complete stunner out of right field signing yesterday? Well, no, he was It was, was going to come down to Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota, and I think Oregon State was the other team. And uh, most people leading into this week had him going to Nebraska. Pretty much everybody did, but it at at the late at the last hour, uh, he did switch and, and decided to come to Wisconsin. But uh, you, you mentioned Jesse Temple. He read, he just wrote a great article on the Athletic about the whole process of how it happened. So if you have a subscription to that, you certainly go read it. But essentially, what it came down to, yeah, <laughs> what essentially what it came down to was was uh, you know what Wisconsin has done. They showed him the most so the most attention, and because of what they've proven in terms of uh, sending guys to the NFL from the outside linebacker spot. You think about all the guys that yeah. are there now, Fitz Beagle and T.J. Watt and Joe Schobert, um, you know, and uh, Leon Jacobs, Garrett Dooley, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle next year, Zach Vaughn. So they've, they've proven that they can send their outside linebackers to the NFL and have a lot of success, and this guy has an opportunity to be the next one. Uh, well, uh, thank you, Zach. When I saw I knew Taylor, when I saw that stat, uh, we just went. I went on a crusade, and you know, here's the thing: I'm going to be out there in the Rose Bowl with you. If if it's halftime and it's a buck ninety for Taylor, uh, I'm going rogue with the with the media pass. I'm infiltrating the Badger locker room, and I'm going to say, Chris, do the right thing. Do the right <laughs> thing in the second half, and he'll appreciate just it. Give it to him thirty so you know. times, and he'll appreciate yeah. it. Give it to him thirty times. Just give him thirty it. times, just to see what he does. Thank yep. you, Zach. Thanks, Zach. Love it. Appreciate right, you coming in. There he is, the Zach Halpern. If you missed the camp, the recruiting day special of the camp, it was great information last night. Uh, download that from our uh, from our podcast page. 